Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach, Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a done-for-you service provider who's ready to grow your profits and impact without pressure, pitching, or pretending to be someone else, then this is for you. Today's episode is with Kelly Mosser. She's the founder of Hell Yes Media, a consultancy that helps bold, badass brands create invincible legacy content through profitable podcast tours and adjacent media. Kelly and her team are obsessed with helping founders that belong to historically marginalized and underrepresented groups explode their thought leadership and go from hidden gym to booked out industry expert. Kelly's also the host of the top 1% podcast, Aligned Success. She lives in New York City with her husband and rescue dog, Tully. And I should mention that Kelly has a lot of aligned views with me, like do whatever feels good for you. Don't listen to what everyone else is saying. Anti-hustle and grind, anti-whatever else everybody's saying, culture. So we're right on the same page. I'm so excited to have you. Let's go. Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be connecting with you in this way. Me too. It's so wonderful to find people who are really going against the norm and it's it's refreshing and it's also just not as common as I would hope. <laughs> so we're more powerful together. I'm glad Absolutely. that we're together. Absolutely. We're like creating a counterculture, which I think it's high time for. Yes. Agreed. I'm all about that. Um, so Kelly, we, we talked about how we recently had an episode around podcast guesting and your approach is so different. I think it will be very refreshing and good for people who maybe didn't resonate with the last strategy we discussed to have an alternative option. So you give us a little background into how you got into podcast podcast guesting and helping other people podcast guest. Yeah, for sure. So I am a strategy person. I'm an operator by trade. So before I started my own business, I was working in the startup world, helping startups grow their businesses um, from an operational standpoint and a strategic standpoint. So I'm very much like I need steps. I like protocols. I like frameworks. I like handbooks. But I also have the the part of me that's like a little bit more a little bit more woo woo. So when I was going through kind of a mental health healing journey, I discovered meditation and I was like, this is a tool that everybody needs. So I started coaching people with meditation on the side of my pretty demanding startup life. Um, and it took me a long time and you pointed this out to me, like how funny it is that it took me a long time, but I, I didn't realize that these two skill sets were kind of overlapping. And so I, when I recognized that I could take all my startup knowledge and my strategy knowledge and help small wellness businesses, like the one that I was working on launching, um, to grow faster with less headache, with less confusion. I was like, wait, maybe I can just take what I'm doing every day and help micro businesses, small businesses, women owned businesses do that. So got into the you know space of just helping them with basically on a consulting um, in a consulting capacity helping them optimize their offers helping them with their marketing their messaging all that kind of stuff and then i fell into podcasting i was like i'm feeling a little stifled on social media i would love for there to be a place where i could just show up share more value that's i think a little bit more complete and in go a little bit deeper with people hmm. so i started my own podcast 
And when I did that, I someone told me like, hey, the, the way to really grow and establish your own podcast is to get out there and be a guest on other people's podcasts. So I started doing that, but I didn't have a strategy. I was just kind of like, hey, I can come on and talk about whatever. Like, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> um, and I wasn't really seeing any growth in terms of my audience growth or my business growth. And then I really started to, I was like, you know what? I feel like I have the skill set to reverse engineer a strategy that will actually work. And so I experimented with that over the course of a few months and nailed down this idea for a profitable podcast tour that combines like, yes, obviously borrowing audiences is a very good idea, but if you do it haphazardly and willy nilly, you know, sometimes once in a while talking about whatever on whatever show will have you, you're going to create results that are as haphazard as that. So definitely have honed in on a strategy that has been proven by hundreds of entrepreneurs. And I feel really um, grateful that I kind of put in the trial and error time to figure out the actual step-by-step -step strategy. So that's how we got to this point. That makes so much sense. And what you were saying um, is that you kind of, sh whenever you work with somebody with your amazing program that shows them how to be a good guest, and I have had people who are not good guests, okay? Like definitely had them. And I couldn't really air the episode because they were just sort of all over the place. Um, they didn't have like clear, concise answers. I was, I was trying to, you know, anchor down some points as we went, but it just, you know, what are some common mistakes that you see people making? I think the biggest mistake is exactly it results in what you're describing, which is just this meandering conversation that is not the host's fault. And it's also not the guest's fault. It's just that you didn't have the right conversation before the episode. So not necessarily right before the episode like you and I did today, but the guest didn't pitch the right content. And when you don't pitch the right content, you're going to get asked questions about whatever that host feels like talking to you about today, which is going to make for a really, you're not going to be able to lead with your most potent content. So as the guest, you always want to be leading with the most potent conversation that you can have that satisfies three things. It's got to be really profitable for you. It's got to be a smart, profitable conversation for you, meaning it's got to be directly related to what you sell and what you offer and your expertise. It's got to be really exciting for the host, meaning that that host should feel like they've struck content gold with what you're mm -hmm. offering to come on and talk about on their show. Mm -hmm. And there should be a really clear value proposition for the audience. So the audience should be clear. If I listen to this episode, I'm going to, once this episode is over, there will be some sort of transformation arc. I will not be the same person that I was before I listened to this episode. So I think not having that conversation, which is, it really puts the onus on the guest to say, this is the best conversation I can have on your show. Do you want me to have this conversation or not? Not do you want me to have this conversation or this one or this one or this one or this one, mm. but here's the best thing I can offer your audience. What do you think? Um, and if it's a no, that's okay. Like just not an aligned fit, probably not going to support your business goals anyway. So I think that's like far and away the number one mistake. Okay. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. How do people know whenever you work with people, do they already know what's their most profitable content? Very rarely. Very rarely do people okay. know that. So we can definitely chat about how to figure out what that content is for you because it's kind of like a fun little game to play. It's kind of a fun oh. little puzzle to put together. Like do the exercise with me so that people yeah, can kind of hear it? Yeah, we could do it. that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
So what I recommend doing is thinking about where you want people to end up after they listen to an episode, right? So if someone listens to you, the end goal is to bring them where? Maybe it's into a sales call. Maybe it's into a, directly to an application to work with you. Maybe it's to sign up for a masterclass or something like that. So I invite anyone who's listening to this to think about what is the highest converting experience I can give to someone. Is it a sales call? For you, Alicia, it's probably a sales call, right? Yeah, it's my sales level up call because I can like, they get value either way. Amazing. But sometimes that's just like, it's too much. Like it's too fast, you know? I disagree. I don't think okay. it's ever too fast if they hear the right conversation during the podcast. Okay. So that's typically why people kind of fall off because they're not hearing the right conversation on the podcast. And then when they're presented with, hey, do you want to book a sales call or book a sales level up call with me? They're like, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't feel like I had the right experience with you during this conversation in order mm. to feel ready for that. So that's perfect. What you're sharing right now is like slam dunk perfect. Now we can figure out what people need to hear from you during a podcast interview in order to feel ready in that moment to take that next step. So I'd love to hear from you. What are like the things that people have to understand or believe is possible? What are some myths that they need debunked before they feel like I will have success getting onto a sales level up call with Alicia? I would say they need to believe that they can do something in a sales conversation that will work immediately for them and can feel comfortable that they don't have to have a bunch of rejections and repetitions and they don't have to say or do anything that feels weird to them in order to make a sale. I love that. What are some of the things that they're doing right now or, or are told that they're supposed to do that they really don't want to do on a sales conversation? Yeah. So it depends on the industry. If they've been told to do something, it's usually, um, you know, really awkward strategies like cost of inaction or being silent after you mention the price or um, being very vague about your results, asking super generic questions that just dig into the pain, like look for the pain and then zero in on it. Um, or they're just winging it, which means they have no freaking clue what works. And they're just like rolling and flying by the seat of their pants. And they usually end up over educating or over coaching on a call and confusing the hell out of somebody. Mm. I'm sure everyone listening to this is like, yeah, I've, I've learned, I've heard those things before and they suck and I definitely don't want to do them. Yeah. So for you, the content that you pitch to a podcast could be something like the five ickiest sales strategy, sales advice, five icky pieces of sales advice that don't actually work anyway, or five um, you know, myths about sales that are hurting your conversion more than helping you. And then during your podcast interview, you're going to get asked questions about that. And so you're starting to prime people's mindset to be in a headspace of, wait, I actually maybe don't need to do all that gross icky stuff that I've just been inundated with over the last, however long I've been trying to figure this out. So you're positioning yourself as someone who is not going to force them to do something that they don't want. And you have another way. And that's what you're covering in the you know, content of your episode, getting mm -hmm. asked questions about that. And then at the end, people are going to be like, I'm ready. <laughs> Tell me where to go next. I'm so excited. And then that's when, if you feel like you've taken them on enough of a journey where their mindset is primed to come into a sales call with you and be successful, then you can offer them a next step that is high value, even if it's a little bit maybe higher risk than just, I don't think a free download or a free checklist, like 
that's a step backwards, right? You want to make sure that you're offering people the next step based on the conversation they just mm. heard. So I think that could work well for you. Okay. What about telling them to go to my podcast? So you definitely can do that, but I would recommend sending them to a specific episode based on the conversation they just heard. So sending someone to like a podcast that's got 50 episodes is more likely to overwhelm them and they're going to end up listening to the wrong episode or listening to an episode that's not directly related to what they just heard. So if you can send them to, hey, if you listen to this conversation today and you really love that we talked about XYZ, you're going to love my podcast. I'm going to send you specifically to episode 42 because in that episode, and then you've got to really explain what the value proposition is waiting for them if huh. they listen to that episode. Okay. Okay, cool. So basically for anybody listening, what what is the scenario when somebody ends up moving forward with you? And and what kind of scenarios have you seen with your guests like that have gone through your program? Yeah. So I just want to make sure I understand what is like the what are the best next steps to bring somebody into? Yeah. So for me, most people convert on a sales level up call. And that is like sort of, I think the obvious answer for a lot of people is like a sales call, but I'm sure there are other alternatives that convert really well. And you've helped 250 people go through your program and generate leads with podcast guesting at this point. So I would bet when you help them reverse engineer, what's going to get the leads that not all of them are doing sales calls. Right. Yes, exactly. So sales calls definitely work, but anything else that's high value that puts them into a an environment where an offer is made, like a masterclass works really well, as long as the masterclass is already converting. So it's like, mm. it's this thing where great marketing won't necessarily boost your sales unless, unless the pieces of your strategy are already in place. So just look at what's already working for you. Like where do your clients typically come from? Do they come from a masterclass or a webinar? Do you lead a live training? Do you lead a live workshop? Do you convert really well into a high ticket, um, package if you offer like a one-on-one -on -one paid, um, session. So there's a lot of different, like, there's no one size fits all answer, but it's not going to be from something like a checklist. It's not going to be from something like a, you know, worksheet that doesn't really have a lot of value attached. So I would rather, I would rather you think about what already has historically worked for you, where your clients have come from in the past and you might need to tweak it a little bit so that it's right for a podcast listening experience where people can't see you. And yeah. a lot of times they can't take the action right away because they're driving or they're grocery shopping or something like that. Um, but as long as you make it memorable enough for them to come back to, it's less about what that actual uh, medium is and more about is it high value enough? Is it a logical next step? And is it memorable so that if they can't take the call to action right now, they'll at least remember to come back to it. Okay. And what's so interesting about it is that what makes them more likely to take the action step is the content that you're discussing. And so you help people reverse engineer this kind of funnel exactly. when you work with them. Exactly. The way I think about it is like, if you go to a barbecue and you meet a dentist at a barbecue and you have a great conversation with them and you think they're really cool, but you don't, you've never, you don't know anything about how they work as a dentist you are probably not going to feel compelled to take a next step with them. You might really like them as a person, but being liked is not necessarily enough to convert your audience. It's really got to be a combination of, I like this person 
I think that we have aligned values, but I also, they've demonstrated to me that they have expertise and I feel like they're the right person to help me into a next step. So you definitely want to be teaching. You want that content to have, um, to be rooted somewhat in your methods, your frameworks, your teachings for sure in being woven in with storytelling. And it sounds like probably the best sort of educational, pro the reason you're picking educational as what you're leading with to get people to want to then take the next step with you is because you're providing some type of aha, some type of uh, epiphany for the person who's listening. Definitely, definitely. So much of the content that they need to hear during an episode is around debunking what they thought they were supposed to be doing. And they're only going to hear that from you if you're in your leadership. If you have the leadership hat on, you have the expert hat on during that episode. They are, they, they are coming to the episode more, more than likely to learn something, um, which is why I recommend if you're looking for the right podcast to choose, I would recommend staying away from podcasts that just tell stories because it's not they're not going to let you wear your leader hat, share you know your expertise. Um, and I think that really is what I've seen the most important thing that you need to be doing in an episode. Well, I, that makes sense for them to be able to then book whatever sales call or workshop or thing. It needs to be about like your zone of your zone of genius, what you actually are a subject matter expert in. Totally. It's got to be congruent to your offer. It's got to be congruent to that next step, that high converting for, in your case, a uh, sales call. Um, it's all got to be like, remember when we were in geom, we took geometry and it was like big octagon, smaller octagon, but it's all the same shape. That's basically what you want your content strategy to be for a podcast as well. Oh, what a beautiful metaphor <laughs> or analogy. I always get them mixed up. Um, okay. So, and, and you recommend like a podcast profit launch tour. So once you've figured out what your, your thing is that you're going with your content angle, then you think of it like a like a book or a movie. They're going out and promoting it. So what does that look like? How many podcast interviews a week would you say? Great question. So this is, I think, a lot of people approach podcast guesting as like something they do maybe once a month and they do it every single month. I think you're better off concentrating more interviews in a short space of time because then you have mm -hmm. more data to analyze. So if you go out and you do... I like between eight to 16 interviews in like an eight week period. So mm -hmm. that's like one interview a week for eight weeks, or if yeah. you wanted to condense it a little bit, because you're going to get the problem with doing a podcast tour is that you don't have the benefit of instant feedback, right? If you post and if post something on Instagram, you're going to know within 48 hours if people resonated mm -hmm. with that content or not. With a podcast, you have much less control over when the episode gets released. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind is that you want to kind of do your interviews in a shorter time window so that you get data back all at once and you have more information to um, analyze and make your decisions about your next 10 podcasts that you do from that, from the data that you're getting back. So I like eight to 16 interviews within an eight week period. And if you want to, um, be booking eight to 16 interviews, you're probably going to want to pitch about 30 podcasts. Okay. And how long does it typically take to hear back from a podcast? Like how long should you plan? I want to do eight to 16 interviews in the next eight weeks. So I should start pitching 30 days out. Give yourself as much time as possible because some podcasts, I wish there was like a really widespread 
timing convention for this, yeah. but there's really not. <laughs> like some people will record an episode and it'll be out next week. Some people will record an episode and it'll be out three months from now and it takes them, you know, people just have such different workflows when it comes to their podcast. So I would say as soon as you know that there's work backwards from whatever date you want the podcast to be getting released. Um, and you can definitely like, as you're in conversations with the show, you can say like, Hey, is there any chance? I don't know what your, um, release schedule looks like, but if there's any chance it could be released between this date and this date, that would be amazing. If not, that's fine too. Um, but I think as much time as you can give yourself the better. Okay. That's good advice. So at least a few months. Yeah. Give yourself like at least eight weeks. Okay. To start pitching this. And it, it looks like you have a very intentional way that you pitch and that has a direct effect on whether they pick it up or not. So what are the mistakes people are usually making when they're reaching out to shows that they might want to guest on? Mm, Great question. I think the number one thing is that the person who's doing the pitching is making themselves like the star of the show when really you want to be removing yourself from the center of the narrative almost completely and put Mm. the show at the center and put the audience at the center. Mm. So your pitch should be all about how you can help the show reach its goals, right? What are you going to do as their guest to help spread the word about the episode? Because we've all had guests who come on and we never hear a peep from them ever again. And it stinks. Um, I think recognizing as a guest that one of the benefits of having you on as a guest is that the show wants to grow and they're counting on leveraging your audience and your network at, if you come on the show, if they give you space on the show. So being forthcoming about how you're going to do that. Mm. And you can do that even if you have really small audiences, because I promise, like, how many pitches have you gotten that say, Alicia, I'd love to come on your show and I'm going to share, you know, uh, I'm going to post about it to my Instagram story. I'm going to add it to my weekly newsletter. Like people just don't really take that step at all. They don't. And they are definitely just talking about themselves. They're like, here's my long list of achievements. Yeah. It's not going to feel good that way. It's going to go, your pitch is going to go straight to the trash folder if that's how it sounds. And I just really invite you to think about if you were sitting in, in a room with someone, you wouldn't be just like, hi, my name is Kelly and this is my full background and these are all my credentials. You'd be like, Alicia, what are you working on right now? What's going on in your business? How can I add value to your audience? Like figuring out how you can support them and their goals and positioning yourself not as the greatest thing since sliced bread, but as the solution to some of the challenges that they have, that is what gets you noticed and that's what gets you booked. That is such a reframe because I think that everyone's natural inclination is to just sell the shit out of themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's... As a podcast host, it's like I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really. I, I find it very boring, honestly. Like Definitely. to hear of the companies that you grew to whatever millions amount and all of the clients you've helped. It's like okay, um, but that stuff is important at a point to mention. Like, do you have? It, it, what is the reason that you sh- have credibility to talk about this subject? So does that just come later? It should be in your pitch. It should be towards the top of your pitch, but it should be like a sentence. You should be able to kind of condense your bio into two sentences max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And really just lead with them. I mean, it sounds like typical sales, right? The sales is about the prospect and what's going on in their lives and the challenge they're having and whether you make sense to help them solve it. It's not about 
selling yourself. Yeah, exactly. If you think about it, every podcast host, and maybe you can either validate or challenge this, but every podcast host has kind of the same challenges. Like they want more people to listen to their podcast. They thought their podcast was going to be a bigger lead generation tool for their own business. So they're like, I'm not, I thought I was going to be making more money through my podcast. I'm (laughs) not making as much money as I thought I was. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to produce another episode next week. I'm fresh out of content. I truly do not know what to post next. And I'm exhausted. Like this is way more work than I thought it was going to be. So if you can address at least one to two of those challenges in your pitch, they're going to be like, oh my God, this person is amazing. (laughs) They're presenting me with an episode idea that I don't even have to think about. The only thing I have to do is yes or no. They're giving me the idea that literally the name for the episode plus talking points. So I don't even have to come up with questions to ask them. They're telling me exactly what they're going to do to promote this episode to their audience. So I can basically take that week off of promo. This is great. Um, So if you can position yourself as the solution to some of those problems, it's going to totally change the game for you in terms of getting booked. Kelly, I have a feeling you're really good at sales because that's also what you would do in a (laughs) conversation. Uh, So just makes so much sense. Okay. So that's a good stopping point for us. And we've reached the end of yet another episode of Sales is Not a Dirty Word. Thank you so much again, Kelly, for making an appearance. This was wonderful value of how somebody can reverse engineer a strategy ahead of time that has that makes a lot of logical sense, that they can feel very confident in the um, sequence of the steps that they're taking and how they're going about it. And it sounds like you just have a lot of clear step-by-step directions for people to follow within your program and framework. So if people want to work with you, how can they? Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you and to be able to deliver some value to your audience. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want to do a podcast tour, but I could use a little bit of help in terms of what is that call to action? What content should I be pitching? What kind of, what's my strategy with what podcasts I'm choosing? I run a program called Hell Yes Guest. It is an eight week program with me that's priced like a digital course. So it's priced like a a do it yourself course, but you do have eight weeks of unlimited one-on-one support from me and my incredible team. Um, And if you want to learn more about the strategies that we implement in Hell Yes Guest, I have a wonderful masterclass for you where we dig into more about how to set up your podcast tour so you can if you wanted to walk away from the masterclass feeling like you could do it all yourself you totally can i'll teach you some pitching secrets that keep your pitch out of the trash folder and the one thing that we didn't cover at all today is really how to monetize and how to see roi from your podcast tour so we cover Mm -hmm. that in depth in the masterclass as well so maybe we can link that in the show notes if people want to check that out that would be wonderful i will definitely link that in the show notes free it's super valuable. Watch it. If you feel like you're ready to do your own podcast tour after that on your own, you are welcome to do that. And if you feel like you want our support after that, it will walk you through all the steps and we can take it from there with you. I just love how low pressure that is. Low pressure, high value. Yes. I really just want people to do this. (laughs) It is such an under leveraged strategy. You have no idea how under leveraged it is with people that are A, doing it and B, doing it really well. So like now is the time and the runway is wide open for you. If you're a done for you service provider, if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, like just, just start doing this and it's going to change your business. And could they do this instead of social media content? I have completely deleted Instagram from my phone. I will say that this is 
should be a piece of your content strategy, whether it's, so for me, it's podcast guesting, it's guesting in people's memberships and masterminds and it's ads. And I do very little social media anymore. And that has allowed me to delete Instagram from my phone. But it, this is like your discovery content. This is the get in front of a new audience every single time. If you're finding that really hard right now on social media, this absolutely can replace social media for you in that way. Okay, cool. Well, you guys, I hope that you will go check out Kelly. She has dialed in this process over years so that there is no fluff. It's very direct and to the point and clearly customized to you with all of that one-on-one -on -one support. It's awesome. So go check her out. And if you need help with your sales, of course, book a sales level up call where we can identify the top three major opportunities that you can immediately implement and increase your sales. And this has been the sales is not a dirty word podcast where we show you how to convert up to 80% of your sales meetings without pain pitching or pretending to be someone else. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next time.